Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. to the spotlight here on fightful it is thursday december 28th i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen shout out as always to big dick mlj for the intro jensen we're coming off the holiday break and both of us are under the weather what yeah. is it about christmas time and holiday time that everybody just gets sick yeah i know it's been it's been a kind of a rough morning for me i know you've been sick the last <clears throat> last few days but we're going to make it through this show. We will, we will, we will do it. So appreciate everyone who was uh, joining us today. Appreciate you for joining the, for doing the show today, Jeremy. So um, yeah, no, it's all good. Just uh, I, I know like a lot of people at work were sick. A lot of people I've talked to recently are sick. Just, just, it's just that time of the year, but, um, but yeah, it's all good. I'm, 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 I'm good enough to talk about wrestling this morning. I blame, I blame the children. The children always bring something home. Oh, Apologize, Refender says, I've had a cough and a fever since Tuesday. I hope you feel better, man. Yeah. I, are we naming ourselves spotters? That that seems... That, that uh, probably not. Probably, <laughs> probably not the best. Uh, but we should... We, I, I, I do appreciate the effort in coming up with, like, a name for the... I don't know what... Fan base sounds weird to me, because, like, the idea of having right. fans to me... Yeah, friend. that's... Yeah, friends. Our, our friend. Our friend group, because... We don't have fans. We're we're just like you guys. We're we're just wrestling fans talking about wrestling. We just think it's cool that you guys want to hang out and join the conversation and watch along with us. But whatever y'all want to call each, yourselves, you know, I, I think the spotter is probably not the best name, but we can <laughs> but we can come up with some names that I think will work well. And uh, we'll maybe we'll get some merch eventually. I've talked about that quite a bit. Maybe we'll get some fight some uh, spotlight merch and we can come up with a little catchphrase or something. But what's up, everyone in the chat? We'll, just, we'll, just, we'll have a shirt that says i'm a spotter uh, <laughs> imagine how well that thing will sell nope not well <laughs> um but uh but i hope we get a eventually we should get some sort of spotlight merchandise or something um but yeah i'm seeing uh i see powder finisher in the chat kai in the chat hunter tillman in the chat says good morning pipe fam good morning to everybody for joining us so early morning. today Thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. We're here every Thursday at 
a.m. Eastern. It's yeah. a it's earlier. It feels earlier than usual because kids are on holiday break. And so I t- actually get to sleep in during holiday break. So getting up at 830 kind of <laughs> sucks. Usually I'm up at like 730 or so. And because kids got to go to school, it's like, oh, OK, 830 is not too bad. But <clears throat> when I've been sleeping until nine, getting up at eight to to do the show is like, ah, oh, this is this isn't as fun as it typically is. And I'm not feeling well. That's not helpful either. Like if I was feeling yeah. better, I'm sure it'd be uh, a different story. Yeah, it's all good. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we got a good show for you guys today. No interview this week, um, mainly just because it's, it's the holidays. It's it's too much. And Jeremy being sick, me catching it, whatever I caught like within the last day or so. It uh, We couldn't do an interview this week, but if you guys want to hear an interview, I'd recommend checking out last week's um, amazing yeah. session with Ernest the Cat Miller. We went for like an hour and a half with Ernest. Um, so if you missed that last week, I'd recommend checking that out this week um, in lieu of an interview for y'all. But we'll have someone for you guys next week. I've actually already talked to someone about coming on next week, and I haven't brought it up with you yet, but it's someone I, it's someone we've talked to before that wants to catch up that I think you're going to be interested in. So we'll have some, we'll have some interviews for you guys coming up. You know, every week going forward, but this week we took the uh, the interview off, and we'll we'll just do straight wrestling topic talk for y'all. So, just just go rewatch the cat interview. That's, that's yes my for everybody. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the wrestling talk. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in, and it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. AEW Dynamite last night, the final show. Before AEW World's End, this Saturday, the final pay-per-view of the year. Let's start where the show ended, Steven Jensen, and that is with the Devil's Masked Men winning the ROH Tag Team titles, which doesn't really have an effect on AEW World's End too much. But the big reveal that Samoa Joe was working with the Devil, it kind of at some points felt like it was Samoa Joe was the Devil, but I don't think that was the, uh, the payoff there um but smojo working with the devil turning on mjf costing him the roh tag team titles he faked an injury then he hit mjf with a chair laid him out to close the show held up the title smojo mjf for the aw world title this weekend what'd you think of the closing angle <clears throat> i mean i like the idea of smojo being involved it's just it seems kind of weird how his whole thing was about i'm going to protect you so that when I wrestle you and I win this championship from you, no one can make any excuses. I want you at your 100%. And then it just turned out to be a ruse to beat him up right before the, which like, I, I get that, right? Like I understand the reverse psychology there, the idea of like, well, he's a heel. So yeah, he lied to all of us. And and ultimately he doesn't care how he wins the championship. He just wants to be, but if this was the kind of the plan all along, like they, because there was like multiple times where like they could have taken out. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would Samoa Joe just let the Devils Massman just beat up MJ? Like, why would he have done any of the the helping him and saving him? Now, I, I, I guess if I were to go back and watch everything, I'd probably catch things about like he probably didn't do a whole lot to save him. If I probably go back and really, really pay attention and watch, but it's the idea of like, <clears throat> what was the point of telling all of us that you wanted? to win this title fair and square. But once again, I get it. He's a heel. I guess that ultimately that is the whole point is that like, he's a heel. He lied to all of us. He's, he's just trying to win the title however he can. And he beat up MJF last night. He's been working with the devil. Okay. 
like cool, but I, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you understand you know what I'm saying? This is kind of, it just seemed kind of counterproductive. Like if you wanted MJF to be beat up the entire time, like you could have just let the devil in his well, best and just beat up MJF right. the entire month and then, and then wrestle them. I'm going to play devil's advocate yes, here. Please do. Um, we don't know when the devil got to Samoa Joe, so Fair. to speak, right? Like what if this was the devil came to him in the last week and was like, Hey, you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm better off having you on my side here. Here's an offer you can't refuse type of thing. Maybe Joe's initial plan was, as he stated, that I'm going to protect MJF and, you know, I, I want him healthy and everything. But then in the last week here, the final week before World's End, Samoa Joe doesn't, he's got his match, right? He, he's got, he's already got his match booked up. Samoa Joe clearly doesn't give a Sorry, I didn't want to curse there. Samoa Joe clearly doesn't care about ROH. He just gave away the TV title. He didn't care about these tag team titles. They have no real value to him. So he's like, sure, I'll take this payoff from the devil. Make MJF lose the the tag team titles. And then, you know, soften them up a little bit for the pay-per-view as well. Because he is a heel. He does want, at the end of the day, he does want the world title. That was his ultimate goal, to win the world title. Not to be best friends with MJF. I personally, I like this angle last night. I feel like I'm almost in the minority. I've seen a lot of people dislike it. And I've not liked the devil angle overall. It's drawn on too long. And there's just been too many kind of plot holes that haven't been fully understated. But I'll, I'll tell you why I like it. And it's because I was not sold on this MJF Samoa Joe main event. I don't like this best friend nonsense going into a main event pay-per-view. It's like, we just saw this with Adam Cole and mjf the jay white thing was not best friend nonsense it was just something that dragged on too long and then here we go again with oh samoa joe and mjf like the devil was overshadowing this finally they did something to put real heat on joe and mjf for the pay-per-view it finally felt like oh yeah they're wrestling at the pay-per-view remember remember this world title match that you have they did something to put real heat on that match so that's why i like the the closing angle last night so the, my devil's advocate argument is maybe the devil didn't come to Samoa Joe until the last week that's actually a really really good point because that would that would basically explain any major plot holes or whatever I would have with with everything I just said but also you if you like I like kind of said in the chat and how and when Hunter pretty much everyone at this point like we're all pretty much on the same page that Adam Cole is probably probably the devil Makes yeah i've said that since the beginning that's right. been my pick since the beginning <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me and what kai said you know is like so adam i'll put the chat up here so people can read it it says so adam has to be the devil since he was like team up with joe lol which is like that's a good point too he like he was like really pushing for joe to be the partner and even if back then that was the plan, it was like, it, you can look at certain things and be like, okay, that, that actually makes sense. Like there's a reason why Samoa Joe was put in the position he was put in. Adam Cole has been the guy, but it, it's weird. So like, I'm, I'm wondering if like Joe is going to be, the way it came off to me was Joe isn't in this group with the devil. Like they just right. hired him specifically for this to help him out. But like, it's all tied together, but like the masked men and the devil is separate from Joe. Like, I don't think Joe's going to actually be in that group. Um, which I mean, he could be, it depends on who's in the group. We don't even know who's in the group yet. And, and of course, two of the masked men are the ROH tag team champions now, which is weird. 
in one way, and I saw um, somebody, a uh, power driver finisher, ask, how do the masked men defend those titles? I, I'm i guessing that they'll be revealed before the titles ever get defended. So whoever won those not. belts, what's that? I, said, I hope not. I just hope it's just masked yeah. men defending the titles. <laughs> well, what's funny about that is they can't really, like, when... If people noticed last night, the masked men didn't really do any moves. Like you couldn't tell who they were because all they all they really did was like the heat seeker pile driver, which is MJF's move, and the rest of it. Like they stayed. It, my point is like it'd be really hard to defend those titles and like not reveal who you are by by like certain movements, certain move sets, something like that. Like you you'd eventually figure out who was under the mask if they actually wrestled like the people you're used to seeing under the mask. But that's that's my guess is that. I think, I think the devil will be revealed at World's End. I feel like that's the perfect time to do it. I hope so. I mean, I think it'd be a big miss if it didn't. Like the pay per view is called World's End. This is your. I, we talked about it last week with like, the Rated R era, how like that all led to the Rated or the the new era in AEW red, led to the Rated R superstar showing up. Like if this is World's End. The devil should appear. The the AEW's world is over, like the, the the world as we know it in AEW has ended because of this big devil reveal and and the chaos that's you know coming, and it's almost like a reset for AEW. And in a lot of ways, AEW is kind of doing that. Like the Continental Classic felt like kind of a reset in a lot of ways, kind of like AEW's roots, kind of the sports based uh, stuff that people are looking forward to or, or that that they enjoyed like early AEW. So so th- this feels a lot like. But here's the problem, potentially, right? If this is a dud, or this doesn't go over well, or this storyline like winds up, because the thing is, like, the devil gets revealed, and then what? And we don't know because we don't know who's in the group and what the prerogative is, and, and everything. But like, it better be something good, because otherwise, like, you just wasted a lot of time on this major storyline that because a very WWE type story that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there. Hopefully, there are really good plans. For whatever happens after the devil reveal, I think we're all pretty, pretty you know focused at the moment about the reveal itself because we should be. But what's even more important is okay once it's revealed, whoever it is, whether it's Adam Cole, Britt Baker, whoever, then what? You know, hopefully yeah. that, that that that's the real key is like then what? So, but I, I know Tony Khan and, and their group, they're at AEW, like they're they've they're they've planned for this. Obviously, they know that mm-hmm. there needs to be a, a big payoff. Well, the. <laughs> no, I, I have, I have faith. I have way more faith in Tony Khan and, and their booking and stuff than most people do. I, I just the, I understand the criticisms of this also. Like, there's a lot of people online that I saw last night that are like, this seemed like a bad WWE angle, like to close the show like this and everything. But I, I don't, I like, I like that Samoa Joe turned before the title match. Like, I, I don't, I don't dislike really all this stuff. It's just the whole masked men. Uh, retribution type stuff like it's just very WWE style booking but but the thing is if you're mixing that in with the Continental Classic and like I think you can have a good mix of both of these things it's just you can't get too goofy with the main event scene and like if we and I'm just I'm just speculating we don't know we don't know what's we don't know who the devil is we don't know who the group is and we don't know what they're going to do afterwards so it's really hard for me to talk about it right now but that's that's my that's my real fear honestly is like devil was revealed Everyone pops. It's like, oh, this is crazy. This is the group. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. And then, like, that doesn't deliver. That That's the biggest fear for me. That's always been my, I don't know, argument, but, but point of, like, okay, you do the reveal. Cool. 
what's the follow-up? Because wrestling is always good, especially WWE, at like delivering like good moments. Like you can do yeah. a cool moment and because you can build a moment out of just history, whether you plan to do it or you didn't plan to do it, but you can build that moment off of it. Okay, but you have that moment. What's the follow-up to the moment after that to keep the momentum going? Like, they're going to do this reveal. I think it's Adam Cole. There's enough story to where the follow-up with Adam Cole should be good. Because I think MJF is retaining on Saturday. I think it should be Samoa Joe, but I don't think that... I don't know what the story is if Samoa Joe does retain unless... Adam Cole is the devil. And then it's like, ah, I cost you the title, but I would think Adam Cole would want the title for himself. Mm-hmm. That's the, that feels like the whole point right. of this. So yes. uh, unless Adam Cole is not the devil, unless it's Jack Perry. And then it's like, okay, well I cost you the title. And now Samoa Joe is my heavy type of, it, it feels like in Jeff entertaining. I, I just, I don't see how you tie the devil stuff with Samoa Joe being the champion kind of together if that makes sense like i know it does because like why would the devil like why wouldn't whoever the devil is in that group want like why wouldn't they want the AEW championship why would they why would they want samoa joe to be their champion when like adam cole would want that title or whoever jack perry whoever the devil is clearly should be the one going after the world title after all this i think the devil does care about the world title kevin like i i think they do care about the world title um i don't know that that's where I think maybe maybe I'm off base and and that the devil doesn't care, but I, I think the devil does care and they want they want it from MJF, not anybody else. Unless Joe actually is part of the group and Joe's just going to be the guy who's going to carry the championship for the group because Adam Cole's not going to be healthy for a little while. Um, it, it, I guess it just depends on who the actual devil is. But it feels like MJF's retaining, and then he does the match against the devil at some point down the line, and that's kind of the follow up. Um, maybe, oh, sorry, I was gonna say, maybe like they could do something. I'm not necessarily advocating for it, but like considering what we saw at the last pay per view, how that was just a cluster of like, like Adam Cole is gonna be injured and defend the title for MJF. I mean, these are the kind of plot holes potentially that could really mess with me and the fan base is like why would adam cole be willing to try to defend the title when he was injured like when at the he could have like he there's many times they could have cost they could have gotten this title this, this belt off of max like as a group storyline wise um so i don't i don't know i just I don't know. Go ahead. What was the chat you were going to read? I'll, I'll come back to it oh six called around saying uh the the story isn't about the devil or isn't about the devil is about the championship and most importantly max and paying for your sins okay so we get it the devil is just an instrument of the story on the story is about the world's championship like yeah so the but the devil wants the world's championship right like i don't right. is that that's how i feel too is like why why would they want unless the devil was samoa joe the entire time which would make no sense considering like well that's what threw me off a little bit last night is joe was like punching him in the corner and is like i did this to you it's like oh didn't the devil do this unless you're the devil samoa joe and if they're gonna try to explain that it'd be like that was definitely not we've not seen samoa joe and the devil in mask up to this point like that's 100 percent has not been his body in the like sorry <laughs> like 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 when like the devil pulled up to the limo and it was like 
some some guy who looked like he was like 100 and you know 170 pounds five foot you know five foot ten or whatever like that's not Samoa Joe like that's been pulling up on people but you could I guess my point was because of like the cluster in the last pay-per-view how they just kind of like re I just didn't say rebook they, they, all the stuff that that they did on the last pay-per-view to and MJF eventually beating Jay White with one leg and all that stuff you could theoretically do something at the end of this pay-per-view that's like MJF barely gets by Samoa Joe and he's like he's injured and he like he barely gets out of that title match for that championship and then right after like the devil does one of those like you know up on the screen with like the text like challenges for the title or something and MJF similar to last night lets his emotions get the best of him and he's like F this guy I don't care if I'm injured I don't care like come out here come out here devil face me like I'm come out here and like he actually defends the title against the devil after Samoa Joe potentially and the devil yeah yeah actually exactly like that i but the reason i say that is because like literally last night mjf did that like he was injured with like the shoulder and everything all taped up with the brace on and it was the same kind of thing where he like he still put the titles on the line even though so they can literally play off of that at the pay-per-view and be like his emotion gets the best of him he's gonna defend the title he just lost tag team titles because he he had like, he couldn't stay out of his own way, so why wouldn't he do that? You know, with the world championship also. So you can kind of make sense of this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I'm going to actually kind of predict that. I think that MJF's going to win the title from Samoa Joe, or sorry, defend, retain the title over Samoa Joe, and then I think that Adam Cole or Jack Perry, whoever the devil is, probably Adam Cole, comes out and pins MJF and then reveals themselves. And then the whole group comes out and they unmask. And it's like, we find out who this is. We have a new world champion, kind of a reset for the company going forward. And that's the, the, the major storyline is the, the, the new devil is the champion. That's, I think that would make, that would, that would make, that would actually make things make at least more sense to me if they did it that way. I think, although it makes the devil look a little bit weak that they had to like come in and win that way instead of just like winning it. But we're not going to have yeah, the devil just in a one-on-one match straight up. It's the, de- it's the devil though. Like who gives a shit if the devil's weak? Like it's hundred percent. You're right. He's literally called the devil. Like he's not, you're not trying to book him to be the most, uh, you know, heroic baby face here. Like you're trying to book him to look like an asshole. This isn't and Chris Statlander is a weird, it was a weird dynamic. He's like, wait, Statlander is like top notch baby face. Why is she coming in here beating Jade Cargill who just had a match? Like the devil should be doing some underhanded stuff like this. Mm. So I think I, I actually think your, your uh, story here makes some sense with, and if they're going to still play up this whole MJF hasn't resigned thing, which I don't believe. Um, it's a way to get the title off of him and get him off of television for a couple of weeks. Uh, get him off television for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, I've run MJF out of AEW. I've I've cured AEW of the MJF problem. He can go elsewhere. And then MJF returns, heroic babyface. What you gonna do? Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. And also to the point of like of the devil not needing to like. Like whatever, stay strong and like a, the way they win the title. It's especially if, if it winds up being Adam Cole. It that doesn't matter to Adam Cole and story because like he's lost multiple times to MJF with a shot at that title. So for him, it's like I don't care about. We've already had the two five star matches with one another. Like I don't care about that. Like now I'm talking about I have the title. Like that, that's 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 what matters to him. Um, uh, Six Calderon uh, says the devil has a faction. 
what happens with that. That's kind of what we were talking about a minute ago. Like that, that that's my biggest fear, honestly, is, is what does happen. You know, AEW has done some good, has done a really good job with some of their factions and a really, really poor job with some of the other factions. So like, I don't know. It, it depends on who's in the group and where this all leads to, but I, I do have a legitimate fear about oh. that not working out. I don't know. I'll make a, a bold statement. I don't feel AEW's done a great job with any faction as far really? as how they should actually act. Yeah, I I think they do some okay stuff. But I think plot points get lost too often with factions in how they how they should actually be acting. And even yeah. the the factions today, I don't feel are are is is cohesive as they probably should be kind of like blackpool combat club is like the original point of that faction was to like harden people and, and like train and, and just all like a like a gym like an mma gym and they've kind of lost that plot point along the way because they're sometimes baby faces they're sometimes heels and the only person they've really taken under their wing is wheeler yuda and they haven't really done anything else to lift any other young person up don't even get me started on the mess of a segment that was the don Callis segment mm -hmm. last night and then every single jericho faction that's ever existed has not really paid off for anybody but chris jericho like i don't think their large groups have done well overall there's been good stuff i don't want to make it seem like oh all the faction stuff has been bad but like for They've missed the boat on some of the how factions should be acting. No, I'm with you, but uh, to, but to be fair, and, and you, I think you'd agree, kind of based on what you were just saying. Like, I do still, I still do really like the Blackpool Combat Club. Like, I think they're a badass. I like group. them. Don't yeah, like, don't get me wrong. But, like, but I know, it, but they're not optimizing what they could be doing with these with these groups, and they do kind of lose the plot on some of the on, on some of the, the stories and, and what the group's dynamic should be and stuff. I'm I'm with you there um, because, like, you know. For instance, like I thought the inner circle was a good group, especially because like with AEW starting and stuff like that, Jericho being the first champion. Like there's been good stuff, but then like the pinnacle was a flop. The 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 was it the oh my god, what was the name of the Stokely Hathaway's group? The MJF original devil. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Firm. The firm. That didn't, that went nowhere. I mean, there's been plenty of that too. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, that that, that it's it, that, that that's a fear. That's a fear. What they're gonna do with this group going forward? I mean, but once again, it depends on who's in the group. It's it's too it's too hard for us to really give a good like. Well, the group started. The group started as four. It was the devil and four men. And the theory was, if if it's Adam Cole, let's say it's Adam Cole, Roddy, Taven, Bennett, O'Reilly. That's a good group. Obviously, they got history and everything. Like that's an easy tie together. But then they've thrown in some randos the past few weeks, and maybe those are just not people part of the group. Maybe those are just like we hired people under a mask to get beat up. I they what they can't do 
his water. But then you got the the bigger guy who definitely is not one of those four. People right. are speculating it's Wardlow. You can't do too many people in this group because I think that's where a lot of stuff gets lost. Is the more people you add to a group, the the more watered down it just becomes. I know the the NWO joke is what it is. It's like yeah, when it was those three, when it was Hogan Hall Nash great they added x-pac okay that was fine big show all right middle but then you start throwing in the b team guys and it's like all right this group kind of sucks now and that's that's what you can't do with these groups i i'm a i'm a believer of like you gotta have like four people five max in a group you go you start doing more than that and then you start losing plots because like at that point they should be running through everybody they got six people strong who you need another group of six to like take out these guys. So you need four people kind of five max. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm not, I'm not making a direct comparison here, but like, this is where part of my fear lies is. So we see what this current devil group looks like. And like you said, we've seen like a lot of people recently come out in these masks. It looks like a, like a bigger group potentially, or at least, that's how they're making it look at the moment. Like there's a bunch of people helping out with this. Remember when AEW first started and the dark order was their big group and everyone was like, this sucks. Like, like the original, like before the dark order became a comedy group, when they were just like trying to be heels and like this creepy group trying to, trying to people were like confused. They were like, this sucks. What is this? Like, I thought when I turned into AEW, I was going to get like, indie wrestling on the mainstream this is like some weird wwe storyline looking stuff like what is this and they pivoted you know and when Brody lee came in they really changed things up and it wound up working out well you know and they're still grouped to this day but like that's that's my kind of fear too is like whoever was booking the original dark order stuff is that the the same person responsible for what we're seeing right now because if you know what i mean like they i don't know it's I I have faith that like this is going to work out for AEW. I just I just can't I can't in good faith. I can't sit here and and believe that like Tony Khan and the team at AEW has dug their heels in this deep into a story for this long for it to flop. I'm just really hoping that cuz cuz this is this isn't just a big story. This involves MJF who's you really your your key player for the next like you know handful of years that you got him signed or whatever his next deal is is if he is signing or has resigned with AEW. This, this involves Adam Cole potentially. This involves already involves Samoa Joe. This involves whoever else is under the mask. Like this could either positively or negatively affect like your entire main event scene. So this needs well, to work. Tommy Tommy Manor says MJF is mid. The title needs to come off of him. His fun has devalued the main event scene. And unfortunately, they just botched Joe. They can refix Joe by just putting a title on him. Like the MJF's run, this latter half of this run, hadn't been great. I like the first him wrestling Brian Danielson and Iron Man match. Good stuff. Give me the Brian Danielson matches all day long. Uh the four pillar stuff was they tried to, they wanted to do it early to so they could do it. But a couple of those guys clearly weren't ready for that spot. And then the alignment was all off where they tried to baby face Sammy, but um, Sammy again, they tried to baby face him. He's better as a heel. Now nah, they're doing the same thing again here. The Adam Cole stuff was good. And then it, it caught fire and I give them credit for actually running with 
Adam Cole and MJF as friends, but then the Cole injury happened. I'm sure that changed a lot of plans mm-hmm. around and they didn't pivot well off of the injury. And now the stuff that he's been doing, the Jay White angle was just, it wasn't great. And then this stuff, it's been about the devil. I mean, I know Six Calderon is saying like the devil's an instrument. It's about the world title. It's like they're really playing the hell out of this instrument. It's it's about them. Like if the devil's the bass guitar, this bass guitar solo is going on for a long time here. The lead singer, which I guess is the, the world championship, the lead singer ain't singing right now. They're doing a bass guitar solo for a while. Um Oh, they're, they're going on with this devil stuff. And I think MJF is good as can be the world champion. I do think this reign has been just a little long in the tooth. And at some point they, they lost the plot. Maybe it was, I don't know if it was the wrong call to turn him baby face. I don't know if they had a great plan once he became a baby face. I think it all just, it naturally happened. And then they, like they were just kind of in it, if that makes sense. Like they're because like I agree. Um, I agree with Tommy's um super chat. Like I, I see you sent another one, which we'll get to in a second, but the the M- I don't think that MJF is mid. I would disagree with that, but I I don't like him as a baby face the same way I like him as a heel. It, it's a totally it's a totally different dynamic. I it's it is strange. Like I, when I, when I, when MJF won the championship, I I've envisioned like a totally different type of title run for him. Outside of like some of the stuff we already mentioned that he did with like the pillars and stuff. Um, I really think it was like you said. You know, he got over as a baby face. They probably thought it was going to be like a short term thing. Him and Adam Cole, and then Cole got hurt, and then like they started they kind of like prolonged it or stretched it out a little bit, and then they realized well. MJF is super over. People want to cheer him. Like this is kind of the perfect opportunity to just roll with this. Um, now that's why I was saying if MJF was the devil the entire time, that would have been great in my opinion, because then he just stabs everyone right in the back. And it's like, you idiots actually cheered for me this entire time. I've been telling you for years not to cheer me, not to like me because I'm the devil. Like, and, I've, and, and it's been me the whole time, you idiots. Um, but after last night, it's not going to be MJF. So we well, are really convolute in this thing because yeah, yeah well, last like, night didn't feel like you can go to MJF as the devil, but unless they're just like, yeah, I paid Samoa Joe to take me out because <laughs> I don't care about these ROH tag team titles. And yeah, you'd have to really talk yourself into circles to for MJF to be the devil at this point. Yeah, I let a masked man hit me in the back of the head with their, or the back of the shoulder or whatever with a with a lead pipe and then, and then pile drive me and then hit me with the chair and then Samojo tag me with the chair. That would be so that that would be dumber than the bully Ray Aces and Eights angle where like he got beat up by them for months and wound up being their leader. So like, yeah, we got you, know, you gotta take your licks. You know, sometimes you'll throw people off. <laughs> okay. No, what happened is y'all y'all panicked and were like, this, none of this, none, no one else makes sense. Let's make him the leader. And so I, I I think that you know I'm 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 with you, Tommy. I I don't I don't think that they necessarily botched Joe either. The problem with Joe is like, how many chances is he going to get before you're like, you don't really you don't. I, it's tough, right? Because Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, so he's always going to have the credibility. But like at the same time, how many times can you lose championship matches? Similar to Adam Cole, he's had at least two shots against MJF for the title now, right? One, yeah, was, a one draw. was a draw, and then yeah. all in. 
But then it's like, if you were to come out again and just wrestle MJF again and lose a title, a, a title shot again, people would stop having that same kind of confidence, you know, of him just because you've seen him lose too many times getting that, getting that shot. It's like, well, eventually he'll probably beat MJF, but like MJF's, you know, one and two, one and three, one and four against these guys or whatever at that point. It's a little different. So I don't think that, I don't, Samoa Joe's a made man, I think either way, but I understand, I, I get what people were, I get what Tommy's saying. I get what other fans would be saying that are Samoa Joe fans that feel like, you know, this isn't the best use of him and they don't want to see him lose again. But, you know, I don't think, I don't see them taking the title off of MJF unless it's, you know, whoever, whoever's on the devil mask, I think is who's getting that title from him. I'm all, I'm trying to think if uh, the MJF, the first MJF Adam Cole match, I guess I can look this up, was a title eliminator match and not an actual title match um that's like a that good call i can't remember uh, I do yeah it was remember. it was an eliminator match so not technically okay. a title match so there you okay. go uh so he's technically only lost one actually title match okay uh let's hit a couple of these super chats appreciate you guys leaving super chats yes. by the way thank you all. leave a thumbs up on the video as well uh and subscribe to the channel um tommy says really don't know what uh can help tony at this point mox eddie feels bigger than the world's title at the moment thoughts we'll talk about the rest of the world's end uh here in a second we'll we'll go through the rest of the card i'm with uh, you though says, what's that I was i'm with tommy though like, oh yeah. I, yeah it feels bigger tommy also says i'm a fan of uh heel mjf uh so not a hater um and then yeah. he also says this is his favorite show on fightful thank you thank you oh, for thanks man tommy. we, we appreciate, appreciate that thank you um, you're probably the first person to ever say that <laughs> and rob says could tony khan be the devil i don't think so I that would be too WWE. If you if they want WWE comparisons, you do that. Yeah, it was it, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. That would be the worst idea ever for it to be Tony. Tony Tony has always been, and I know he's like done appearances on the show and stuff. And really, the only time he was a plot point on the show was during the Cole MJF stuff when um he was chastising them for like making a ruckus backstage and everything during that during that skit otherwise like when he's been on the show it's just been like hey here's an announcement by tony khan he hasn't been like an actual uh part of the storytelling so and he's always made it very clear of like i don't want to be that person i hope that is still his philosophy because it's not necessary and yeah i i also don't think tony can pull it off like I just, I just don't think he can pull it off, and it would be very bad. It would, yeah, it would be very bad if Tony Khan is the devil. Wouldn't be good. No, we can't fully rule out. You know, it could always be CM Punk. Um, I so, look yeah. if it's CM Punk, that would honestly be the the biggest story in history in the I history mean, of wrestling. Yeah. Obviously, it's not happening. We haven't ruled out the 1998 Denver Broncos. Um, <laughs> I see, I see that meme every now and then, which it's really fun. pops me for South Park fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with I'm with I'm with you guys. I don't. I think that would be a listen. I like I like Tony Khan. All right, like he has his quirks. He's not perfect. I understand. I understand the criticisms and stuff. But like, it would be a really really bad idea if he was the devil or he was involved in the storyline on screen. Shytown Spurs says, if I got to deal with another pay-per-view cycle of this type of storytelling with MJF holding the title, I'll probably quit AEW. I don't know if it's going to be this type of storytelling, but you are going to get more of the devil stuff. They're going to do the reveal, and then 
that that's going to continue to the next cycle. So this is what I'm a little concerned about now with the end of the Continental Classic is we're going to, I'm sure we're going to get great matches in AEW because AEW, even at their like bad uh, stretch, which was from full gear, uh, from like all into full gear, all out, I guess, technically to full gear, which was not a great stretch for the company. Uh, like you were still getting great matches. It's just having great matches with some stakes to them. And that's what the Continental Classic was presenting. It's like, okay, you know why these matches matter. They have to continue that even without doing like a Continental Classic. Because the Continental Classic, which wrapped up last night, we're getting John Moxley, Eddie Kingston in the finals. Um, Moxley defeated Swerve and Jay White in a triple threat match. Kingston defeated Danielson. So we're getting them in the finals. The winner is the ROH, the New Japan Strong, and the AEW Continental Champion off of this uh i'm looking forward to this match and it feels like it's eddie kingston's to lose honestly yeah i feel like he's got to win this thing now um i like that they set this up this way too you had me really convinced that it was gonna be jay white and and I'm eddie myself yeah and i was convinced that <laughs> jay was gonna win this whole thing and then when king then when uh mox won i was like oh this is sweet because it's either gonna be mox versus danielson or mox versus kingston he's got history of both obviously so i it was like a win-win at that point and I like that they're going with Mox in, in uh, Kingston. And I like that Mox came out after the match and they, they went back and forth on the mic. They're both those guys are like two of the best ever on the microphone. I love, I love both those guys and the way they can, they can talk. And basically uh, they sold me even more on it. The whole, and uh, Mox basically saying that Eddie needs to bring 110% because that's been his, his criticism, his whole career is like that. He, he doesn't, he basically drops the ball and, and he doesn't, he, he hasn't ever reached his full potential. And like Mox has been trying to get that out of him his entire career. And he's never been able to really beat Mox. And like, this is like, basically he's telling Mox is basically telling him to do it. He's like, put me down, dude, like prove who you are, like beat me, but you can't, you know, you can't and you, you never could. And I'm in your head and you're going to lose again, but you should come out here and beat me, dude. I want you to beat me, but you can't. And like, that's pretty much the vibe I get from it. And I, I like that a lot. And I think Kingston's going to going to win that match. I think Kingston's going to win as well because it makes the most sense with him being on ROH um, yes. and then also doing New Japan. Mox will do New Japan strong events. I mean, he does New Japan events as well. And then whatever Continental Champion is going to be. They already have two secondary titles. I don't know, throwing in a third secondary title, uh, how that's going to affect things. But then, yeah, Eddie being, I guess, being on ROH television, I hope that... Uh, you know, they have an established ROH TV champion and Kyle Fletcher, although he's still on AEW TV. The tag team champions are masked guys. Athena continues to do Athena things. They have the women's title now. They have the six-man titles. I hope that the ROH champion is going to be an ROH, but they're also going to be an AEW champion. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. I just don't see Moxley kind of being an ROH champion. That feels a little weird. Um, so it does seem like yeah. it's it's Eddie's to lose right now and they've done a great job telling this eddie story of like you know he lost the first two matches he's got a fight from underneath i love this line to brian danielson of like you know i'm like the king king of the bums but also like the king of the underdogs and then like you're telling brian danielson who's like whole gimmick the whole wrestlemania 30 story was the biggest underdog in the world and here's eddie kingston being like yeah dog i'm a bigger underdog than you are and it's like man 
I, and it, it's true too. It's like Danielson, Danielson rules because he he is such an underdog, but like he's so good and so cocky that it's like, yeah, Brian Danielson needs also just wrestle circles around these dudes and isn't really this underdog. So yeah, Kingston, Kingston's so good, so yeah. so good. Uh, I can't wait for this match on Saturday. It's gonna roll. It's gonna absolutely roll. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And Danielson isn't really an underdog in AEW. Like his presentation in AEW and WWE is so different. Like in AEW, he's like the the veteran who beats every like, you know, he's just like the best wrestler of all time. In <coughs> WWE, he's kind of that, but he's he is always presented as an underdog in the WWE. Like I, I like how he's such a badass in AEW, especially because of the respect he has for like from that whole locker room. Like they all view Danielson as the greatest of all time. Like, so he, he's treated that way, which I think is awesome. Anything else on World's End that, that sticks out to you that you want to quickly talk about? Um, just real quick, I'll say I'm I'm looking forward to Wheeler Yuta versus Hook for the FTW title in the uh, pre-show. I think that's going to be really good. Um, I like both guys a lot. Um, obviously, Mox and Kingston, that's that's probably the thing. Honestly, that might be the thing I'm looking the most forward to. Um, I think the show will be good, though. Um, it's a good card. Uh, the MJF Samoa Joe stuff, like I'm expecting that to be super overbooked because of the storylines. Um, and and Christian and uh, and Adam Copeland, no DQ. I think that'll that'll deliver. That'll be really really damn good. Um, like the, the, every match on the show will wind up being good. I just don't have like for instance, like I'm not super into Mira versus Andrade, uh, Swerve versus Keith Lee. I think is cool that they're doing it. It makes sense, but like Swerve, I feel like is like well above this at this point like he should be in like the main event mix but i think that's where he's gonna head after the keith lee stuff i think he will be elevated they had to switch up the tag team stuff they're doing an eight way and the way they set that up last night was weird um Ugh. you know so like but i don't want to get i don't we don't have enough time to like deep, deep dive into that but like i you know so it's one of those things where i think all the matches will be good but on paper i think like moxley and kingston looks by far like the, that that and i think christian versus copeland i think those are the two strongest um by far you know things i'm seeing on the card i have low expectations for christian versus copeland because i've been fooled by old adam edge too often when it comes to these spots i love christian but i think they're going to do a lot of kind of storytelling stuff and i mean sting and darby are on this show i guess they're just done with christian now they're just like uh Sure, Nick Wayne turned. We have nothing to do with this man anymore. Copeland doesn't have any friends, so I, I, I don't know where that that's fully going. I don't really want Copeland to win. I think Christian's been too good as the champion yeah. to like take the title off of. And then you got three baby faces as your secondary champions uh, because Orange Cassidy baby face, Moxley Kingston, you could baby face both of them. Uh, and then Copeland would be a baby face. That's why it feels like Christian should probably retain here. I, I think Christian's going to retain on this show, and then they'll have a third match at like Revolution or something, and it'll be like a TLC match or a ladder match or something like that. It'll be like one of like their match, and Edge will win there, is my, is my guess. I, I don't... I, I'm a, I'm just an edge hater. I'm a Copeland hater. Sorry. I know you are. Listen, I love what Christian's <laughs> doing. Guys, I, I, I y'all know I'm, I'm a long time. I, it's weird to say a long time because Nick Wayne's only 18 years old still or whatever. But like, I'm a long time Nick Wayne fan. So I, I love I love seeing what, what, you know, the spot that they're in. Uh, some super chats here. Tommy says, lined up Wardlow, Swerve, and then Cole as the devil. 
it's a long time to keep this thing limping along. They've got to do something bold. I don't think they're going that long for the devil reveal. I think, I think you got to do it on Saturday. If you don't do it on Saturday, if you stretch this out even further, you're just burning things out even, even more. Like I think the, for the most part, fans are already burned out on this and are like, okay, let's just go ahead and end this thing. And if you're trying to go past this weekend, you risk turning off fans even more. And he says, not Russo bold, but something that shakes things up. Just make it logical. Don't, you don't need to do, that was the problem with Russo is it was illogical nonsense of a swerve for the sake of a swerve. Like people like logic in wrestling, even if it's predictable, it's like, Oh, okay. At least it made sense on that. Um, do deuces road says, uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. Let your big stars cook until they start burning the food. We went through the same thing with Roman tribal combat. And then, uh, Will Chisholm says, I think people forget Vince being the high power is bad. It made no sense as a kid. I heard it might be Jake, the snake. I don't think people forgot that. I think everyone realized mm-hmm. it was bad. It made no sense. That was the criticism of it as a kid. Like you, you're kind of like invested into it because Vince and Austin was such a hot feud, but like I, everybody looking back is like, Oh yeah, that sucked. Yeah. And that's also, you know, everyone was, they're like in the Heinz battle, all that speculation and rumors about how it was going to be Christopher Daniels. And that would have made even less sense to the fan base back then. Cause no one would have known yeah. who that was. So, um, but yeah, I know I, the, the, the McMahon reveal was terrible. Um, you, you want to talk about Scotty too hottie wrestling. Yeah. Um, I'll bring that up real dark. quick. So yeah, yeah, last night during the show, I was like, yeah, screw, <laughs> screw the topic being the world 10 <laughs> prediction. Scotty too hottie wrestled on, uh, on dynamite's, uh, pre-show so yeah for those of you who missed it scotty shuhati scott taylor um who's an aw agent he he came out and he wrestled a match uh, along with he was with the guns and or sorry he was with uh uh billy gun and the acclaim oh, the acclaimed yeah um against the guns menard and hager i think is what it was hager yeah um and he came out to the original Too Cool music, which is awesome. Um, and I'm, ta- I'm talking about like the OG OG song, the boop, 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 boop. like that one, not the turn it up. Like that one's annoying. The the, first, the original Too Cool music, right today, that, that great song. So, and I saw that AW, apparently they got the rights to that music whenever they got the rights to the Hardys music. And they also got like the, the Hollies theme song too, like all like the generic yeah like, it's all um free whatever just, yeah because you hear it in commercials all yeah time. for sure you used, i used to always hear the the um hardcore the, the holly music used to always be in commercials um and i but i've heard all of i remember every now and then you hear like the hardy's music and something else You're like what the hell um but uh but anyway i, I just wanted to point that out for people who didn't know scotty chuati came out he got a big pop i saw a fan uh fan recordings of it and he did the worm I, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and he, he's been popping up on the indies a little bit. And uh, yeah, he's been mostly uh, mostly wrestling overseas lately. But when he first left WWE, he was he did like GCW shows and stuff. Yep. So I'm uh, and he's in great shape still. So I, I would definitely be down to see more Scotty Chuhati on AEW. You know, I don't need to see him like the AEW World Champion or anything like that. But I, I think he fits in well for. Like, for instance, if he was on the pre-show or some sort of battle royal or some sort of multi-man match or something, like, he's going to get a pop on that on that entrance and for the worm every time. So, yeah, um, yeah shout out to Saudi Shuhati. I did not expect to see that when I looked at Twitter yesterday. So 
don't think anybody did. That was a, he's been there as a producer for a while, like for the better half of the year, he's been there as a producer. So it's not like he hasn't been around AEW. They just decided, and they do this. They, they had, um, uh, the other Pat Buck, Pat Buck will do some dark matches. He was doing some ROH matches every now and then. Jimmy Jacobs did, did an ROH match. So like those guys who were producers, Jerry Lynn didn't wrestle, but he came out on television. Uh, those guys who were producers, they, they get them in the ring if they can. Yeah. When the last AEW thing that I'll bring up, I know a shook is a shock has brought it up a few times. Action and dready crushing that water bottle was very impressive. I will, I will give a shout out to action and dready for doing that's going to be his new gimmick for sure. It's really going to start seeing him doing that every time you see him. So get, get used to that being the action and dready thing. Yeah. People want me to do that on in the weeds, which I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull off. That's a tough one. I I couldn't do that. Yeah, that was, that was tough. I'll probably spill it all over myself. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. All right. Uh, let's move on to WWE spotlight. I need to finish the story in the wwe the story never finishes cm punk wrestled his first match in almost a decade at a house show against dominic mysterio at madison square garden he has not wrestled since the royal rumble 2014 we don't really know what cm punk's been doing since the 2014 Royal Rumble, but you know he returned at survivor series he finally got back in the ring he got a you still got it chance from the crowd how impressive was CM Punk's return to you, Jensen? Man, I watched the whole thing. It's available online. I've watched the match. Um, I mean, it looked like your typical CM but He did his greatest hits, like, like, and the fans were into it. And I like the way that he, he the, the finish was pretty good. Like, the way that he did the reversal into, like, the, into the um, go to sleep and everything. Also, not, you know, Dom, Dom got there killing it. Like, he's doing everything he needs to do. Um, hitting really nice 619s and stuff. Like, yeah, you know, I I thought it was fine. Like, and I saw that the, they gave Punk like a little a uh, little present and stuff before the match, and I saw some of the videos of him being very like, you know, it's like uh like he's really taken back, like uh, like very. I mean, once again, it's I know a lot of this is new to him again because he is back in the WWE. It is a different environment. It's Madison Square Garden and stuff like that, which is so strange to me because like I saw I saw this return. I saw this all happen already. Like when he came back to AEW, like I saw the 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 pandering to the fans and the the I'm back and the I'm so happy to be here and I love this person and that person. I love this venue and that venue. I love this match and that match. I love all this history and that history. And I've already seen all this, but I but to the WWE audience, this is this is new to them again. And a lot of them probably didn't even, which is that's the thing I always have to keep in mind to the to a lot of the WWE audience. It's it is how you just described it. It's he's been gone since 2014 and now he's back. They didn't, they, they didn't see the UFC run. They didn't see the AEW stuff. They no, it's just, this just, he was gone that whole time and now he's back. And that's an interesting perspective to have. I, I kind of wish I could have that perspective. It'd be like a TV show that I love and like watching it from the beginning, like not knowing anything. Like if I were to, if I were to able to see like breaking bad from the start right now, it'd be awesome. Cause it'd be like, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like, I feel like I've already seen the CM Punk return, but a lot of these fans haven't and they're getting to see that now so good for them um he looked fine out there like i have nothing bad i can say about it like he hit all the moves you'd expect him to hit he looked good he's in good shape um yeah the fans were into it i mean it is kind of weird that he's his first match back was untelevised after 10 years but it's madison square garden i've been of course he wants to wrestle on that sheet so i get it i 
I find it funny that people are mad about the you still got it chance. It's like, did you guys not see his AW runs? Like, eh, most of the of this audience probably didn't. Like, yeah. who cares? Why are you so mad at this crowd chanting you still got it to yeah. him? Like, it, it's, I, it, it just feels like a weird thing to be mad about because we are very much in an online bubble and we have to recognize that not everybody is as online as us. Like, a lot of these kids, like, some of these kids, one, probably didn't hear of CM Punk until he did return. And then they got explained to him. Maybe the AEW stuff was left out. But it, it's a it's a very, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if Pavlov's dog is the, the right analogy to use here. But like you hear people cheering for this person. And even if you don't understand what's going on, it's like, yeah, I'm going to cheer as well type of thing. It's like, okay, they're chanting. You still got, okay. I'm going to chant. You still got it as well. Even if I don't fully understand it, like a reaction creates a reaction, right? It, it's an, it's an old comedy bit is like a comedian who will is up on stage performing is up. If they see like a few people in the front row, like really laughing, they'll focus in on them and make sure to hit the punchline to them. Cause if they react, then everybody around them reacts and then everybody around them. And then it just creates the reaction. Like that's what happens here. So even if you didn't know of CM Punk until he came back at survivor series, you heard the reaction at survivor series and you're like, all right, this shit seems like a big deal. I'm going to react as well. It's like, all right, why are you mad if they chant you still got it? Like, yeah, let them, let them be. I got no problems with that. And and I, I agree with everything you just said. Like I, the, there's a lot of these fans that like, this is, like you said, this is either their first time seeing CM Punk or they've heard about, it'd be kind of similar in certain ways. The, the, the length of time wasn't as long and there wasn't a return before the return really. But like, imagine if back in like 2002 or whatever, Shawn Michaels returns, but you started watching WWE maybe like three years prior. So you've always heard about Shawn Michaels being the greatest. You've always heard about like the, the, this the legendary guy, this guy who started DX, this guy who was part of the rockers, like, but you never got to see it live. You never got to actually see it happen, but you've heard all this stuff. And then he comes back and he blows your socks off. You're like, Oh my God, this guy's incredible. Like he's been here the rest for four years. Like I see what people are talking about now. Same kind of thing with CM Punk in a lot of ways. It's like a lot of these fans, this is literally their first time they can watch him live. Um, I mean, there were people, and this isn't a knock, but there are people who cover professional wrestling, like get paid to cover professional wrestling right now. And the first time they saw Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle was at WrestleMania against Kevin Owens. You know what I mean? Like, just put that in perspective. So like, that, so how many people have never seen over the last nine years or whatever, how many new fans, how many people are under the age of nine that are WWE fans? A lot. A lot of people weren't even alive when he left. So like, yeah, it's totally new to a lot of people. And that's why I don't knock some, I have my own personal perspective on this stuff, but like, I'm not going to sit here and knock a, a little kid absolutely loving this, or even an adult who's a huge WWE fan for loving this stuff. <laughs> More power to him, you know, and I hope it works out. I really do. Like they're put, they're investing a lot into the CM Punk return. He's making a lot of money on their merchandise. He's selling out of crowds. Like he's doing what CM Punk does in the short term. Like he is, he, he will always deliver this to anywhere he goes, even in the UFC, like he worst fighter of all time. I'll stand by that. But he sold pay-per-views, even though he wasn't a good fighter, he sold enough pay-per-view that they could justify paying him half a million dollars every time he fought. Which and it was a good investment still for the UFC, and so he, I will always recognize the star power and the drawability 
of CM Punk. When he came into AEW, in the short term, they did spike pretty big. My fear is more the long term, you know, him in that mix. But in the short term right now, I think people people should be excited. And if you want to chant, you still got it because this is the first time you've seen CM Punk wrestle ever or in a long time. I got no problem with that. Will says it's the same when a couple of fans doing the what chant or when fans turn on Cody and AEW and then everybody turns because they thought it's fun. And people just like to to go with the reaction that is going. I mean, Cody will say himself he was trying to do something that clearly did not fully catch on in the way that uh, he had, I guess, planned on it to catch on. But Punk's back. He still got it. First match in almost a decade. He's never done anything else in the last decade. So it's good to right. Good to see him back. Um, I know we moved on, but we got a big super chat here from Andy. Yeah, Very you. disappointed with the world's end build. TV has enhanced anything other than Eddie and Mox. Miro Andrade and MJF Joe were actively hurt. Swerve and Lee feels thrown together. The characters have moved on. I'm with you on Swerve yeah. and Lee. Like, I don't like that they telegraphed that Swerve basically wasn't winning that tournament either because of the Keith Lee stuff. Like, I thought they maybe should have held off on trying to even do that. Hopefully, it's a one-off. Swerve wins. He moves on. I don't know what you do with Keith Lee after that. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. But at least we're getting a conclusion. It's a year late, but hey, we're getting there. Uh, the other WWE spotlight, uh, WWE's working with All Japan. Charlie Dempsey going to All Japan to challenge for the Triple Crown title in about a week, January 3rd. So is he wrestling Nakajima? Is that who he's... He's Could... wrestling the winner of Nakajima and... Um, I forget Nakajima's opponent coming up. It's it's in a couple of days too. I'll tell you here in a second as I look it up. I'm very out of the loop on all Japan, but I know Nakajima is a current champ. Um, uh, Miyahara. It's Nakajima oh, okay. and Kenta Miyahara. That, that match is on December 31st, and the winner of that will face uh, Dempsey on January 3rd. Cool. Hey, well, I, I think that the, uh, the idea of a partnership here is awesome. Um, I've been... It, it, I, that was one of my main things when Triple H finally started getting this kind of power in the WWE. And I look back even to his NXT, like the earlier NXT days when he brought in Jushin Liger to wrestle Tyler Breeze and like that type of stuff. Like, I think he's always had his finger on the pulse. And I bet you a lot of people would probably disagree because they'd probably say like, he doesn't care or he's just looking the other way or it's not even on their radar. I guarantee you Triple H was salty during the Forbidden Door stuff. Like he's got to be because he's sitting there going, man, all these people think that AEW and New Japan and all this stuff is the best wrestling and they're all working together, TNA and all this stuff. Like, do they not understand that? Like if I, if I had, if I had my way, I, I would make some of these, these dream matches for the fans, but I can't because Vince is in the way. I think he really wants, because this leads me to believe he wants to do this kind of stuff because why else? Would I, I, I will go ahead. No, no, you, you can finish. I was just going to say, like, I understand there's a mutual benefit. It's mutually beneficial with all Japan and like NXT because it gets like, it gets someone like Charlie Dempsey reps outside of the WWE system. And that could be really beneficial to other people. And it'd be beneficial because you could bring in someone like Nakajima potentially and like wrestle NXT and that kind of stuff. So I see the mutual beneficial points to it. But I, I guess my, my bigger overall picture is like, I think Triple H, if he had, if he had his way, I think Triple H would use more outside talent. I think he would use more outside talent. I don't think he wants to necessarily do dream match cards like Forbidden Door. I, I think he's fine with, okay, Jushin Liger comes in. 
and he wrestles Tyler Breeze, right? Because you can beat Tyler Breeze. And there's no real yeah. big conflict there. Nakamura goes to Japan to face Muda. Like, okay, you can do that match in Japan. It's not really going to register. Nakamura really wasn't doing anything at that time either. It's not going to register with the WWE audience. Carl Anderson working with Japan. All right, he goes to Japan. That's not going to really register too much. And like, it's it's Carl Anderson. Even though they brought him back, they don't have big plans for Carl Anderson. They're saying they're sending Charlie Dempsey over. Dempsey loses all the time on NXT television. So it's like, okay, that's not. I don't think he wants to do a thing of like, yeah, let's do a big New Japan card. Here's Okada against Seth Rollins. Oh, who's going to win this one? Not your guy. Like, I, I don't think he cares to do dream match stuff because he, unless he's just going to have guys who are going to take these losses, but I don't think he wants WWE stars taking too many losses here. Yeah. But if you do, I think he wants to do partnerships. I do agree with that. I don't think he necessarily wants to do dream match stuff in that partnership. He wants to take those guys and have them be under WWE contract to do those dream matches. Right. And I want to clarify what I meant by forbidden door. Isn't the pay-per-view. It's the concept of like the companies working together. Um, and I, and they have, and they have done what you're talking about a little bit. Like uh, even the cruiserweight classic is an example of that, which was triple H's, you know, in tri- triple H and like Danielson and them like kind of put that together. But like the idea of bringing in Ibushi and Zack Sabre jr. And stuff like that, even if it was short term, but even the idea, like I remember, I'll never forget Tyler Breeze beat Jushin Liger with a spinning heel kick with that with that beauty shot or whatever. And I was like, Did he? I thought Liger won that. Oh one. no, no, I'm sorry. Ju- no, what yeah, I'm confusing right. is what I'm confusing is Tyler Breeze beats Hideo Itami with that move. That's what it was. Okay. Because I remember being so mind blown because it was Kenta in the WWE, and I was like, Kenta's gonna run through everybody. And then like Tyler Breeze beating beat him with a spinning heel kick, and I was like, Wait a second, this is this is different. This is different. Um. I think Jushin. I think Jushin Liger beat Tyler Breeze. Actually, now that I think yeah, about I'm it. pretty sure Liger won that match. Did he? We got to double check though. My point is though that the that he brought the Triple H is is cool with with doing the partnerships. I like that All Japan is doing a partnership, and I'm a big fan of Charlie Dempsey. I've, I've watched a lot of him on uh, on uh, NXT Level Up. Actually, he's uh, I like his group with uh, with Gulak and stuff. So, I I think. Triple H likes to do this kind of stuff. Clearly he's done it for, for years, but yeah, I don't think he wants to do full on partnerships. Uh, and I don't know if he wants to, because like if they bring an all Japan talent over, how is the audience going to react to that person? I think it's like a rumble spot. Like it's a cool thing. Cause they used to do that back in the day. They'd have uh CMLL talent, triple A talent, all Japan talent, like new Japan talent. Like they'd have them to fill out those rumbles. Now they got enough people on the roster where you don't need those outside people to, to come in. Um, but it, it's good. It doesn't hurt WWE at all. That's the thing is like WWE is so up here that like sending a guy like Charlie Dempsey to all Japan, even if he loses, doesn't like nobody's gonna be like oh WWE sucks like right. the online fan base who who cares of like if they think charlie dempsey's just a loser because he lost in all japan like whatever like the WWE audience it's not even gonna register with them i think it's good for the wrestlers because a guy like charlie dempsey can go to japan and get that world experience which can only benefit him in the long run yes and just for what it's worth um jushin liger did defeat tyler breeze i did yeah, uh I- I thought so. I looked that up, but it, I, I could have sworn that they did a match on one of those. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My, my, you're, 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 
you're basically um you're echoing my my points as well though like i i'm i'm with you as far as like dempsey there's no there's no like there's no downside to doing this it'd be different though if they were doing like okada versus seth rollins stuff. those are like real decisions that need to get made but i like that they're open to the idea of the partnership with all japan i think that's really cool because i think it's I, I don't think it'll be just all japan i think that they'll continue to do stuff with more with more companies that they're able to so we get NXT Japan, and then none of these Japanese companies exist anymore. <laughs> One company that will always exist, thanks to the new president, though. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. President Ace, President Hiroshi Tanahashi. Big changes in New Japan as Hiroshi Tanahashi is named the president. And he's still going to be active. He's wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. in a week for the New Japan television title. Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, what'd you think when they made this announcement like late Friday night, I think is when it happened? Yeah. So you're going to have to fill me in a little bit on this. Like what's the, like, I know that this has happened, but like, what was he doing? Like previously, was he already a part of like the front office in new Japan or anything? Or did they just decide like, dude, you're, you've been here the longest. Everyone loves you. Like it was like a heavyweight situation. Like at the end of the movie, when, Tony Perkins gets kicked out of camp and they're like, well, we all want to stay at camp, but who can, who's going to be in charge? Now that we don't have any counselors. And it's like, well, who's been here the longest. And they wind up going with Pat because he was the, he's been the, the, the counselor for like, you know, 20 summers or whatever. This kind of feels the same way where it's like, we need a new president. Who's been here the longest. Who's everyone, who's everyone like Kanahashi. But that's just, well, that's just me just joking around. Would you, what, what is his background with that? Do you know? I don't know if he had like an official office position he has like a law degree and everything he's always been like an ambassador and a representative at like uh major meetings in japan like when anytime they have uh what i guess they call like summits of like oh hey new japan all japan noah like they're meeting to discuss things like tanahashi's always been like that representative for everyone um i would almost I don't know if this is the best way to, to compare it, but like I would almost put it as like a Danielson thing where like yeah. Danielson doesn't have like an official, I guess now he's on the disciplinary committee, uh, but like he doesn't have like an official title type of thing, but he's certainly like the most trusted professional wrestler on this. And so they wanted to have, you know, a wrestler take over this position Tanahashi's obviously at the closer to the end of his career than the beginning has experience in an office setting. So they were like, yeah, sure. Like let's go with Hiroshi Tanahashi. And I love that by the way, for all those reasons, like I, 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 I really thought it was cool that they announced that. And the, the, the feedback was great. It was all positive. All of, all of these other wrestlers, all of his peers and every, they were all like, this is awesome. Good for Tanahashi. We want to work for Tanahashi. We want to work with Tanahashi. Um, and I saw, I don't know if Jericho was like, I can, it's hard to tell with some of his tweets, but like, he was like, man, I love that. Like I work for Danielson and I love that. Like, I've always loved Tanahashi. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like the fans, the, the wrestlers are like rallying behind, like they like the, they like the Tanahashi has been put in this position. So that's good too. And I'm, I'm a fan of Tanahashi. And, and the thing is with his injuries and stuff, like, I don't want to see like a lesser version of Tanahashi going out there anymore. And like, falling off the top rope because like his his hips are shot or like he's in his knees and all this stuff or like he can't do the high fly or the uh the high fly flow is gonna hurt him every time he lands or like the sling blade he's having a hard time get like i don't like if this is a path where like he can kind of not be in the ring as often and like 
but still be involved and still be like a, one of the faces of the company that that's, that's a win for everybody. I think. <coughs> As Jeremy gets his sickness out a little bit here. We're all so sorry. It's, time sorry here. it's okay. It's um, okay. Yeah. I, I think that Tanahashi, it's a good thing. It got good feedback from everybody online as long as it doesn't blend it into like all right well i'm going over i'm the president <laughs> tanahashi's always tanahashi's always been like willing to lose anyway so i don't think this is going to change anything now it becomes a thing of like how qualified is he and this is something he's gonna one he's gonna have to just kind of learn on the job experience type of thing um and, and two like he's gonna have to really prove that he is qualified for this position I, not to use an AW comparison, but to use an AW comparison, you got titles being passed out to people. And it's like, okay, well, what do they really do in this position as, you know, as an EVP, as director of this, as whatever this person does, it's like, what are they actually doing? Like, what is Tanahashi actually going to do as president? You know, I, I read the, his, comments from the press conference he says he wants to continue to work with other promotions he wants to get more sponsorships he wants to um you know bring new japan to more to the u.s bring like a bigger foothold in the u.s things like that like he has goals and stuff it's like okay well now you gotta actually like do this stuff i hope it's not oh just like things are kind of down for us right now we're losing osprey okada might be a free agent and who knows what happens there AEW is taking a, a lot of kind of like shine and everything like Sonata hasn't fully lit the world on fire as our champion. The pandemic really hurt them. And like, yeah. they're still recovering from that. They're still yeah. recovering. So I hope it's not a like, let's do a good faith Hiroshi Tanahashi go ace. He's our new president to gain the, the interest of the fan base again with no, with, with no real plan and Tanahashi not really being the most qualified person to be able to do this. And I, I just hope they don't use him as a scapegoat similar to uh Baron Corbin when he was like the general manager on raw and like the whole McMahon family came out in the ring and was like, all right, everyone, we know that we're not, this product has not been what you've wanted for a long time. Uh, we have not been listening to y'all. It's all this guy's fault. It's all yeah. Baron Corbin's fault. He's been the general manager of this show. Blame him. We'll do our best going forward. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen with Tanahashi where it's like, well, we lost another guy. We lost another guy. Lost another guy. Well, Tanahashi's in charge. Ever since Tanahashi left, we lost this guy, this guy, this like I'm I'm obviously being facetious and joking around about that, but like I just hope that this is all I hope that isn't the case. Like, you know, I hope that I what I what I'm assuming is Tanahashi being in that position is to avoid what I just said. It's like, oh, Maybe if someone's on the fence about it, if they want to stay or they want to go, now Tanahashi's in charge, and it's like, oh, well, I love Tanahashi. He's gonna he's gonna do right by me. I'm gonna stay here. I think that's really more of like the vibe they're going with. I think so too. And again, hopefully, Tanahashi's qualified to actually do stuff beyond just like a public figurehead of in professional wrestling. Of like, hey, Tanahashi's here. You want to stay, right? If you're the president, like you actually gotta like do stuff. Like you can't just be. If you're just the the face, the the ace, the the face ace, um, but you're not doing anything behind the scenes, and things are still running the same behind the scenes, I don't think that's a great look either. Because then wrestlers are like, "Wait a second, what are you actually doing? This person's still in charge, running things. Like you don't actually have authority. You just you're just kind of like here to make good for the fans. So he's actually got to do stuff, and we'll see. It's not going to be something that happens like overnight. Of Tanahashi is going to fix 
everything. But I mean, Tanahashi is a like he's a, he's a legend, and I, I hope it works out for New Japan because they have taken some some hits over the years thanks to the pandemic and some questionable booking decisions. So, yeah. um, oh, Andy saying hopefully Tanahashi sent some young lions to TNA. Actually, they sent Yumura to to TNA. He's back in New Japan now. Um, but yeah, uh, Wil- Wiltism saying I think the NXT talent working Japan can only help them also working yourself. Yeah, that that was one thing I, I mentioned is like I think it's beneficial for the talent to be able to go to New Japan or or Japan, all Japan in this case, uh, to go to Japan to work the talent, to go to Europe to go to Mexico and work different styles and learn different styles and be in a different environment. Uh, the other, other spotlight, you saw the iron claw, Steven Jensen. What did you think? Yeah, I did. So I went and I saw it on an opening day. Um, I thought it was, it's the type of movie. If I wasn't a wrestling fan, I would have never seen this because it's like, it's a, it is very depressing. It's a, it's a, it's a, but it is a really good, it's a really good story. I thought it was really well, shot like like the actors were really good and stuff like that for the most part i know like the rick flair thing has gone pretty viral and i i think that i think that he was by far the worst casted like there was a guy who played harley race that was like spot on uh i thought the guy who played fritz von eric was spot on like i mean like like even zach efron and stuff like it's kind of hard to like suspend my belief because like i've seen these guys like i remember seeing zach efron when he was like the high school musical looking kid and stuff and like to see him it just kind of jarring because like, the trend the body transformations in some of these guys but i think that like once you get into the movie like they do a really good job of like portraying the brothers there's definitely some like factual inaccuracies in the movie for instance like uh they never mentioned Chris Von Eric once in the movie. They kind of they combine Chris and Mike into one character and just call him Mike. But I've heard from the director since then that the reason they did that, they were like, there are some factual inaccuracies in the movie that were done because it is still an it is still a movie for entertainment purpose. And like if you watch this movie, you'll understand like the, most of the movie is depressing, but like the second half, especially is like there's nothing good that happens to this family like whole second half of the movie it's just bad thing after bad thing after bad thing just tragedy 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 and the director was like we couldn't have made a movie where like we get to the point of like where this movie finishes and you're already like depressed and then another brother commits suicide like you just couldn't they just couldn't they're like people wouldn't want to see this movie like you know it should just be too much um, and that really speaks to the tragedy of that family because the, the, the real story of that family is so tragic that you don't even want to make a, an accurate movie about it because like it'd be too depressing for people to, to want to see, you know? Um, that said though, man, like I, I, I did think, I did think that it was a good movie though. Like it was one of those things where like, you got to go into it. I I'll, I'll put it this way. I said this on the weekender also. If you want like a more accurate description and like picture painted of like the Von Erich family and how big they were in the world of wrestling and all this stuff and, and the tragedies of East Pacific Brother, I'd recommend the Dark Side of the Ring episode over this movie if you want like the facts and like that. But if you want like a like a good, it's a really good movie. It's really well shot. The soundtrack is great. It's like all like you know, seventies, eighties music and stuff like that. Um, and there were some really cool things in the movie that I really did enjoy. Um, but what I didn't like outside of some of the inaccuracies factually was I wish they would have done more highlighting. Like they, they basically take like a three minute, like montage to a rush song 
And that's what they use to pretty much show like the rise in the popularity of like the Von Erics in the wrestling scene. You get a very little idea of like them versus the Freebirds and stuff like that. I wish there would have been more like of them in the ring, more showing like how huge they were in Texas and then how huge that made them mainstream worldwide. They do a good job of making them seem really big locally, but like worldwide, they were so massive for like a few years, like the like late eighties to like the mid to late eighties. They got like really, really, really famous, but by like the late, late eighties, I guess like late eighties, early nineties is when like, you know, they started kind of falling off in a world-class championship wrestling and all that stuff. So my, I guess I would, I would recommend the movie to wrestling fans, but like, I would, you got to go into it knowing like it is a depressing movie. If you know the family story, you already know that going into it, but I got to give credit to like Zach Efron. I think did a great job. Um, that dude who's uh, the lip Gallagher from, uh, from shameless. That, that, Allen White. Yeah. Great job is Carrie Von Eric. The reveal of his amputated foot, by the way, like I could tell most of the people in the crowd in the audience in the movie didn't know that part of the story because the way they reveal it, there were people in the crowd that were like gasping. They're like, oh, what? And then you realize like he wrestled his WWE career with an amputated foot and stuff like that. And like there. So once again, super depressing, really well acted, really well shot and directed, factually inaccurate at points, but you know. But if you don't want to be depressed and you don't want to see something sad, don't go see this movie. If you want to know more about the family, just watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode, which is sad in its own right. But the way, and I will also say this, and this, and I'm, say, I'm saying this because it'll probably some people might be deterred from seeing the movie otherwise. They don't, they don't show like the deaths of each brother. Like you don't see, like you see, like kind of the aftermath of some of it. But like I was a little bit worried about that when I saw the movie. I was like, I really don't want to see like a really, really intense scene of like, of, like them of the actual acts of like the suicide and stuff. And they also leave it somewhat ambiguous with David's death, which in real life people really don't know if it was like an intestinal thing or an overdose or like what, but like he died in Japan in a hotel room. So they're just very, anyway, I could talk about just that movie for a while. Cause like I have so many up and down thoughts about it. It was about, it was like two hours and 15 minutes long in, um, so yeah, I uh, I'd recommend. I know a lot of wrestling fans really, really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie, but like, I also would understand why people wouldn't want to see it. I don't think you can fit that whole story into a two hour and fifteen right minute movie. Um, yeah, I I know like once I know I know people who were turned off from the movie when they learned that Chris wasn't. They they basically cut his story out, and I read the interviews with uh, Sean Durkin of like yeah it's already a lot of tragedy that was like one of the last things that they ended up cutting because like he was part of the movie like he was in the script for so long and then they had to you know just cut things down and to to have a tighter movie and everything and then it was like and he said yeah there's already so much tragedy we didn't want to put like another one in there um so i understand i understand that it's I think there's two minds of it. You're either you're a wrestling fan and you know the story, so you know what you're getting into, and so you're watching it from almost a wrestling perspective, and you're sort of, hey, that's inaccurate, that's inaccurate, that's inaccurate type of thing. Or you're a moviegoer and you're like, all right, let's go see what this is about. You're not worried so much about the inaccuracies. You're what you're looking to watch the film as just a, a fan of movies essentially you're like oh okay this is like a good story this is a good movie and then maybe you go and read more about it and you learn that it's even more screwed up than this movie even portrays like there's even a bigger story than this movie even 
portrays. Um, so it, it's a tough balance when you're doing this type of thing. Uh, when it comes to any any biopic, right? Any yeah. biopic probably has like some inaccuracies and everything. And but then the point is, well, you got to make a good movie. You also want to be as accurate as possible while still making that movie, but leaving a little bit so people who maybe don't know the full story, if they research it, they learn about it. Um, yeah, that was they, the film. I was gonna say also that something that they also was is interesting to me is they the way that they make it seem in the movie is that like Fritz von Erich was like this terrible human being, and that like the family essentially like kind of turned on him eventually because like they they didn't like the pressure that, and in a lot of ways, I'm sure that was accurate. But I just need to also point out that, like, in the Dark Side of the Ring episode, Kevin speaks pretty glowingly of Fritz. And he's like, you know, he's like, no, he was he was a good man. And, like, you know, we we did love him. We respected him. It's just, I think he was hard on them. And he probably is, his father methods probably weren't the best, you know, in, in a lot of ways. But I just want to put that out there, too. In the movie, they make him seem like he was, like, he was, like, a terrible person. But, like, when you hear Kevin actually talk about him in real life, he, he speaks really highly of him. So there's there's just little things about that you people see, kind of need to keep in mind too. Della for film. So personally, I think films should be more ambitious and go for what needs to be conveyed, not worry about how depressing it will be to people. I understand that sentiment. and But again, you're, you're, you're dealing with production studios, you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with a lot of different factors that it's very easy for us to be like, yeah, let's do this kind of movie. And then... It, you get told by a, a studio figurehead of like, nope, we got to cut all of that. Nope, you don't have room for all of that. Nope, you only have two hours to make this movie. Sorry, Lance von Eric, MJF, we, uh, we got to cut you. <laughs> yeah, um, so like I, that. That's where it's it's very easy for us to, to sideline. Kind of like I would write this, and maybe that's where. And I know Sean Durkin was asked of like, did you think about making this like a TV series, uh, like a limited. Uh, a limited whatever they call those things tvc mm-hmm. like a four episode limited uh, edition series i don't think it's called limited edition but a series and he's he mentioned that like uh maybe but like we wanted to kind of keep it on a film so there's a lot of factors that go into it i've not seen it yet i probably will not see it in theaters i'm not a big theater goer unless it's with the kids and i'm not taking the kids to this so um uh, once it comes out on streaming and, and stuff I'll, I'll probably watch it at, at some point with the wife um but otherwise yeah I, I will not see it until then understandable uh let's move on to the indie spotlight and wrap things up here i'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out Abdallah attacked Joey Janela at uh, the GCW holiday show just before Christmas. And now they're going to face each other rumble weekend in Tampa. Uh, Jensen, I know you wanted to talk about this. So top dollar and Joey Janela. Yes. I'm clocking into work right now, by the way, on my, uh, my laptop for my sheep job. Um, yes. I, uh, I, I wasn't expecting to see top dollar there. Um, I like that he's joined GCW or at least doing something with GCW. He was already I, announced for the Tampa show, Jensen. Keep up. Oh, was he? I didn't know that he was yeah, already he announced. Yeah, he was announced for, for the Tampa show before he attacked Janela. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't I didn't I did not see that before. Wow, King of the Indies and just didn't know I don't live on I don't live on Twitter as much as people probably <laughs> think I do. Um, <laughs> but uh but I mean I did I watched the GCW holiday special. So when uh when Top Dollar came out and he attacked Joey Janela, I saw it then. But uh but I mean, it makes sense, right? Because we talk about it all the time. When Joey Janela, when when anybody who's either like former WWE or like even like a legend, like a uh, 
like uh, Ricky Morton or um, X-Pac or anything like that, PCO, any of those kind of guys, like Joe Janela is going to be the automatic go-to opponent. And Top Dollar also has that history of being in the WWE. And, and, and I think that he's a guy who's probably got a lot to prove, you know, like his WWE runs were, uh, you know, probably a little underwhelming to him, right? Like, I mean, I think, I think there was a lot of potential in Hit Row, um, and I really liked him on that Hidden Gem show, or whatever they called that, that hidden, that hidden treasure show on AMD. Yeah, most wanted treasures. Most wanted treasure. I think he did a really good job on that. Um, he seemed like a really good dude. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for him. He's a big guy. He seems really enthusiastic. And enthusi- he has a lot of enthusiasm for like the wrestling business. He seems to want to really do good. Um, I know he had that, that, that botch that went viral when he like went over the top rope. Um, and, but then I saw that that actually led to him finding he had some sort of like met, um, uh, some sort of a medical issue or something. And like that, it wanted to be like some this massive blessing in disguise. So like, I thought that was, I don't want to say cool, but like, it was like, I, I liked knowing that it was like, wow, this massive negative turned into like this life saving positive for this guy. Like, um, so I'm interested to see what he can do on the indie scene. Like, without the WWE handcuffs or whatever, you know, maybe there's a lot more you can do that we have not seen. You know, I'm, 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 I'm open-minded about it. I'm interested to see it. Um, and I think Joey Janela is the perfect opponent. Like they'll, he'll show out, like they'll, they'll have a really good match. I think. So this is going down on, uh, this will be the end of January. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do outside of the WWE system. Cause he's, I mean, he's a he's a product of the WWE. I don't think he had an indie run prior. Um, he was an he was an athlete, right? That probably a football player that football you player. know went through the performance center and really started on that A and E show. And then, you know, we haven't seen a ton of at least I should say I haven't seen a ton of him in the ring. And I don't think there's been a lot of him to, for people to see even up to this point. So him in a one on one setting in GCW, you know, it might not go well. But I think it, if it does go well, he has a whole new career potentially for himself outside WWE. I mean, he's already doing well outside of WWE. He's, uh, he's presenting the MVP trophy at the cheese it bowl. Like he, nice. he does a good for him. He did. He does a lot of stuff that like wrestling is something he enjoys doing clearly, but he actually has like a, a profile outside of wrestling that I don't think people give enough respect to because they just want to make fun of his wrestling career, which hasn't been great. Uh, you know, uh, he's mainly remembered for the botch. He's, he still won't battle me. I'm trying to battle rap, <laughs> but he won't do it. We could we'll maybe see. get him on here at some point. That'd be, he'd be a good guy to talk to. I'd be, I'd be really interested to know more about just about him. Sorry. About talking to him until he battles me. <laughs> then we can talk. Well, yeah. battle rap against them. We'll I would absolutely love to see you battle rap against top dollar. Uh, it probably wouldn't go well for me, but I just want to do it. It's, I think it'd be fun. Um, yeah, the, him and Janela. Janela always knows how to construct these matches too. And Janela, like, say what you want about him, but Janela has really great matches on the independence and really like the crowd reaction is always going to be behind Janela to to uplift things even more. So we'll see. Um, with, with Top Dollar and and Joey Janela, really with Top Dollar and what he wants to do on the independence. I don't know if he's gonna like work the scene a whole lot uh but we, we well, that's see. what i'm interested to see like if he shows out in gcw and like puts on like a really good showing that kind of people didn't expect it's just gonna really open it up for him like he'll get he can maybe show up in gcw more often other independent promotions are going to take notice 
Um, so it's a, it, it could be potentially pretty big for him in the wrestling world if he if he pulls this off. All right, Jensen, let's uh let's wrap up. We don't we don't have an interview this week. Um, I was under the weather. My voice barely held up through this show. I don't think it it was much worse earlier in the week. So you guys can it's a holiday as well. So no interview this week. We'll we'll get back on track in the new year. The final episode of the year here for us at the spotlights. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone as well. Uh, Jensen, anything? Uh, go ahead and plug everything. Yeah, I'll say Tony D is pretty cool, Brian. Um, I was seeing how long I could go like ignoring uh, this bit because I, I, the chat I, is very much going off with Tony. I might, D. I might like stacks better though. Um, oh wow! But uh, so uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on X, it's Fight Talk underscore. Use code Fight Talk and IndependentWrestling.tv. Uh, listen to the Weekender podcast on FightfulSelect.com. That's every Sunday or Monday over there on Fightful Select, talking the world of independent professional wrestling. For those of you who've been following my journey for the promotion, for the job, I can't say anything for sure, for sure yet, but things look pretty good. Look pretty good. We're gonna Hopefully go, by- we're gonna swarm we're gonna storm the, the place if you don't get the promotion. All the spotters are gonna storm. Uh, yes. I'm hoping I'm hoping that by next week I can I can I can have some good news for y'all. But I talked to my boss's boss the other day a little bit about it, and it just sounded like they were waiting on an approval essentially. And like I Hopefully, knock on wood. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I appreciate everybody for the uh, the positive vibes throughout the 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 shoot job uh, promotion uh, process. And hopefully, I have some good news for y'all next week. But I got to go work right now. They're already asking me where I'm at, so I will. Uh, I'll see y'all next week, um, right here on the same same place, same time uh, for the spotlight. And I'll y'all will hear me before then on the weekender over at FightfulSelect.com. Y'all have a good one. Are you going to hang out for a second, Jeremy? I'm about to leave the studio. No, I'm going to wrap up. Okay. Uh, All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. New show, new interview. Talking World's End, talking WWE. It's a big week, big week in wrestling. It's honestly, the first week of January is always like one of the busiest weeks of the year but we'll be back next week to cover it all guys we appreciate the support we appreciate all the super chats today thumbs up on the video subscribe to the channel fightful overbook tonight 8 p.m eastern we have our year-end stream so come hang out with us over there on fightful overbook to talk about just 2023 in general look ahead to 2024 appreciate all y'all uh we'll be back next week everybody enjoy your weekend enjoy the wrestling this weekend enjoy world's end have a happy new year stay safe out there talk to everyone next week bye everybody Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.